Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm of course your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today as always by my friend and co-host. He's not sick, but he's not well, and he's so high. Season hell. Dude, it's Micah. That's one of the best songs of all time. <laughs> Flagpole Sitta. I know you love Harvey I Danger. I freaking love Harvey Danger. Uh, you that, and I once got very, very drunk in New York City. Yeah. And screamed that song. It was great. And it stopped. And I remember the DJ was like, okay, all right. That was <laughs> that was something. That was and a version. Yeah. And <laughs> And literally everybody was just staring at us like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, because we, to be clear, screaming might not be the correct term. I was like death metal throat singing yeah. that song, which if you're not familiar with it, there's no metal portion of that at all. Yeah, I was kind of yelling. Yeah. Really, yeah, just so, tone deaf yelling. So I'm sure that, <laughs> I'm sure that we sounded great. I'm sounded pretty sure. good to me. Yeah. Exactly. That's where I was at, too. Yeah. We sounded fantastic. And then we also skipped out on paying our bill. <laughs> we did. It's not my proudest moment. <laughs> we were very drunk. It was... It was... There's no real excuse, right? Like, I'm trying to think of a good reason for us to do it. it there, we don't have one. Well, the reason we had that I came up with in the moment was, it's New York City. <laughs> what are they... They're <laughs> never right. going to see us again. They're yeah. like, what, are we going to get arrested? <laughs> And everyone was like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you single-handedly convinced the whole table <laughs> to just book it. Yeah. I think, too, that we were waiting for a long time for our bill. Yeah, that's true. So, but again, we were quite inebriated. So maybe it, it may wasn't. have been two minutes. It may, yeah, might not have been a long time, but it seemed like a long time, damn it. And uh, yeah, we were just ready to go home. We were ready, or we'll go back to the hotel. So, yeah, I mean, it's. It's New York. I'm sure if you live in New York, I'm sure that you've dined and dashed at least once. It's like a rite of passage. Like, I feel everybody everywhere has dined and dashed at some point, right? That's the only time that I've done it. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I guess that's our one. <laughs> yeah, that's our that's one. That's our one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Folks at home, have you dined and dashed? I've... Thought about it, but never quite did it. But man, Thor, he just, he was so charismatic. He just gave me so much confidence. I did it. It's like, I've, what are they going to do? Chase us down? Which is still pretty solid logic. Yeah, but. As far as that whole situation, it was like a Saturday night at a very crowded bar. Yeah. In one of the most populated cities in the world. We were fine. We were fine. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Unless the people at that bar are listening to this podcast and remember us. <laughs> you know, if it was just the Dine and Dash story, maybe we could get away with it. But the Harvey Danger story, they'd be like, oh, I definitely remember those guys in that night. <laughs> I remember those jackasses that just screamed into the microphone. Well, and also the whole time karaoke was going on. Whenever other songs were going, we were just screaming everybody's karaoke songs <laughs> while true. they were trying to sing. That's true. You know what? Maybe they were happy we just left. You know, maybe they were like, oh, my God. They, we were a real problem. Yeah, yeah, it's worth the fact that they didn't pay their bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a good time. That's what I choose to think. We were doing them a favor. 
we were recognizing that we were being unmanageable and we just left. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a history of understanding when to stop when I drink. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Um, So are we, are we ready to, to talk about some, some cool nineties mathematical equations hovering over our heads? (laughs) Yep. Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Alrighty, folks. So today, we are talking about the 1995 biopic that goes over the foundation of the hacker collectivist anonymous hackers yeah that's, <laughs> that's what, what this was right this is exactly yeah, this, this is, is the true storytelling of the formation of anonymous yeah yeah i'm I mean, pretty sure it's what it seems like it, this if i had to pay somebody to make an accurate portrayal of what hacking would be this is pretty damn close to what i would come up with I, it's pretty spot on the accuracy of this film is now. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even finish this. Movie. Dude, genuinely, my first thing I have to say about this movie is I feel like it was made by a person who had never used a computer or met a teenager. <laughs> I mean, this was what ninety when ninety four nineteen ninety five ninety five. Okay, so this is in the height of AOL days, right? Everybody's getting those those AOL discs at Blockbuster. Yeah. That they or Walmart that they would just give away for free. And you know, some big wig exec was like, Hey, this whole online thing, this is the new fad. We need to make a movie about it. What can we do? And then somebody in the on like the long table was like, Oh, sir, how about we do something about hacking? <laughs> Yeah, so, um, folks, uh, we are going over Hackers, 1995 film. Uh, let's go over the cast real quick. It yeah. is starring Johnny Lee Miller as Dade, who goes by Zero Cool or uh, Crash Override. Crash Override, yep. Uh, it is also co-starring Angelina Jolie as her hacker name, Acid Burn. Yep, that's a pretty tough name. We get Jesse Bradford as Joey. Mm-hmm. And we get Matthew Lillard as, I don't know what his character's name is in the movie, but he goes by Serial Killer is his name. Um, and then you have Fisher Stevens playing the bad guy, Eugene. His hacker name, because he's the bad hacker. He, he goes by <laughs> The Plague. Yeah. And then you have uh, Renoli Santiago playing Freak and Lawrence Mason playing the federal agent. Hold on, let me find his name in here somewhere. Nikon. Nikon. Well, Lawrence Mason. He was Lawrence Mason wasn't the federal agent. He was the uh, he was the oh, other he was hacker the other, guy. He was the other. He was the the black hacker, the blacker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <that's, laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, Wendell, that's, what call, that's what they call him. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wendell Pierce played Agent Dick Gill. Yes. The, the Secret Service agent. <laughs> um, and then real quick, it was written by, his name is Raphael Moreau. Um, he had also written The Rage, Carrie 2. Uh, and it appears to be that's his really only like film writing credits. Uh, it was okay. directed by... <laughs> Uh, the film was directed by Lane Softly. Probably his other biggest film uh, he's known for is K-Pax. If you remember that oh, piece man, of shit. Kevin Spacey film. <laughs> that abortion the, of a movie. Yeah. The, the only thing that I remember about that movie was that Kevin Spacey just ate a banana you know, hole. Yeah, he was playing like an alien. Yeah, but nobody knew if he was an alien. Like, he thought he was an alien. Yeah, that was the whole gimmick well, of it. But it also could have been an alien. And I think it's one of those bullshit cop-out movies where they don't give you the answer at the end. They're like, we're going to leave it up to the viewer to decide. Yeah, I, I remember watching it, and I hated it. Um, but yeah, he re- he uh, inter- directed K-Pax, The Skeleton Key, Inkheart, Curve, and The Shepherd. Uh, most of uh, like, I don't recognize any of those films really hackers and k-packs are the two most uh recognizable of these yeah (laughs) it's uh it's a good track record i think it's a good track record and i'll give you a quick rundown of the plot a quick synopsis Mm -hmm. um and it's kind of tough because i feel like i never really understood what was happening the entire time through this movie but (laughs) it follows Gosh, I can't ever remember the actual characters' names. Johnny Lee Miller, Zero Cool. Zero Cool. <laughs> uh, his his actual name is Dade, but he goes oh, by... That's right. And Zero Cool was his childhood hacker code name. Yeah, that he got but, arrested for, yeah. Yeah, but not... not then um, he became Crash Override. Yeah, Crash Override. <laughs> so yeah, so it's Crash Override, Zero Cool, and Acid Burn, and Serial Killer, and Freak, and just Joey. <laughs> <laughs> this that's group this group of high school hackers yeah that's because joey wasn't cool he he was just getting into the hacking scene and he hadn't gotten his code name yet yeah he's a little it, bit yeah. he's a little bit of a he poser was, still well he, yeah he was green still and he wanted like dr doom to be his, his yeah he needed code street credo yeah, yeah. <laughs> i forgot about that part um yeah so this group of high school hackers you know all those groups of high school hackers in the 90s. So many of them. Essentially get accused of committing a crime that they didn't commit. It was really committed by the plague. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eugene, he works as like a cybersecurity officer for this giant like mining consortium something like or that. something like Some that. Some giant corporation. Um, and basically it's a smokescreen. He says, oh, you got this virus, the Da Vinci virus from this group of hackers. Mm-hmm. Really, it was uh, that Joey had broken and uh, accidentally basically stumbled upon some incriminating evidence that he had been embezzling money. He, yeah, he was trying to get his big score so that he could earn his name. And so he hacked into this big company and he was just going to take their garbage files. Yeah. And so he discovered that Eugene, the plague, he had been embezzling money from the company. And so in order to cover that up, that this kid found these files, he releases a a virus on their computer and like gets the Secret Service involved to hunt down these groups. He's basically framing these high school hackers yeah so it was he he really he being the plague um Uh releases a virus that somehow attacks 
like military fuel cargo ships mm-hmm. that are landing sites for aircraft carriers or like for it's basically an aircraft carrier for like fighter jets and things like that in the Air Force. And there are five ships that are infected, but we don't know which ones are infected. Uh, and if if they're not given a ransom of five million dollars, then they're just going to tip the boat over somehow yeah. with with their uh, virus. Like it's going to the computer on the ship is going to be like, OK, we're going to capsize now. Yep, and it's we're, gonna capsize yeah, I the think boat. they were going to empty the fuel to capsize it or Some, something. Yeah, something like that. You know how hacking works. You can just do whatever magical things you want to have happen. Yeah, that's exactly how <laughs> hacking works. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's the basic of synopsis of the plot. Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty darn close. <laughs> I mean, that's as close as I could come. Uh-huh. I truly could not understand what the hell was going on watching this movie the- through a good 50% <laughs> of it. Dude, I got to tell you, I had a lot of fun watching <laughs> this film. I really, really did. There was it's so insane. <laughs> there was so much watching it that I'm like, that's not how that works at all. Like, there's nothing. This is This movie is the epitome of... Whoever wrote this has no clue how any of this technology works, <laughs> like zero idea about any of this stuff. And it's so apparent. But because of that, I kind of found it a little charming and a little bit ridiculous um, on on my end. So, yeah. How did you feel about it, Thor? What were your initial thoughts i guess as the movie was ending what what were you or or while the movie was happening because you had to have had thoughts the whole time i'm like i said i don't think this guy ever had seen a computer or a teenager (laughs) it's i mean okay yeah it's admittedly it's very fun yes but in the worst kind of way like it's so it's so insane and out there it's just like you know what this is we watched Jingle All the Way for Christmas in 2023 or yeah. 2022. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's the perfect like 90s Christmas movie. This is like the perfect 90s teen action movie. Yeah. As far as like, I'm not saying the movie is perfect, but it's a perfect representation of all the the worst parts of filmmaking from the 90s. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like give give me one movie to describe 90s action tropes. Uh this e- is it. Everybody's riding around on rollerblades and skateboards. Yes. The the outfits are insane like Dade and uh Acid Burn. I'm not going to remember her normal Kate or something Kate. like that. Yeah. yeah. They're both wearing motor leather motorcycle jackets through the entire thing, which you need when you're riding rollerblades around the city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the main villain gets introduced and he's in bed. The phone rings and he picks it up and they're like, Eugene, we got a problem. And he's like, my name's not Eugene. It's the plague. Oh, sorry, Mr. Plague. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> sorry, the Plague. The plague. We've got a problem. Dude. And so he shows up at the office riding a skateboard through the hallways of this building. Not just riding a skateboard, wearing a peacoat. And then underneath that peacoat is like a fancy vest. Yes. He, he's dressed like a fancy English gentleman, but he has <laughs> long, scraggly hair and is riding a skateboard. Yeah. Dude, can we also talk about... What I think may be one of the greatest scenes in all of cinema history. Yeah. 
We're gonna we're gonna kind of. I don't really feel like going plot by plot there through this is movie. <laughs> no point in doing that with this. So film. and spoiler alerts because we're talking about. It. So <laughs> so you get to the point where you, you know basically Joey has this disc and the plague eventually finds out that Joey has the disc. Important fact: What kind of disc is it? Oh, it's a floppy disk. It's a floppy disk. Of course it is. It's the '90s, folks. So Joey has this floppy disk and. <laughs> Was that on purpose? Did you mean to do that? You'll never know. <laughs> and, and so it's like getting passed around the whole team as they're they're trying to keep the Secret Service from finding it, basically. Yep. And the plague finds out they have it, so he ends up contacting Johnny, and he knows that he's zero cool. The rest of the hackers, they don't know that he's zero cool. Also, the movie opened on 11, like, I actually really liked the opening scene. It's panning through the court as this guy is getting sentenced for hacking, and it pans, like, through the lawyer, 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 and then all of a sudden there's no face. You just see the tips of his spiky hair, because yeah. he's, like, 11 years old. Actually, that was a really good... I have yeah. to admit, that's a really great scene. Really, really well done. Yeah. Um, I liked that. It was fun. So in any case, he the plague knows Johnny is, or uh, Dade is zero cool. Mm-hmm. Even though he's now alt backspace override crash guy or whatever. And <laughs> so he goes, he says, uh, he basically threatens him like, look. I'm a hacker too. I can make anything happen. I'm going to send your mom to jail for her, the rest of her life. You know, he's basically going to frame her. Mm-hmm. So Johnny's like, okay, he makes a copy of the floppy disk and he's going to meet the plague to give it to him. And so he calls him on a payphone, and he's waiting around. He's waiting around. And then here comes a limousine. The lights pop up. And here comes the limousine, and holding on to the handle outside of the limousine is the plague, riding his skateboard, being pulled along by the limousine. Yeah. And Dade just holds the floppy disk up, and he flies by on his skateboard and grabs it out of his hand and just keeps going. It was at that point. Yeah. It was at that point where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, uh, this movie has been a lot. There has been a lot going on. Yeah. That's the most insane scene I've ever witnessed put to film. Right. Because because skitching a ride on the back of a limousine is much more intimidating than actually being in the <laughs> back ride, of the limousine. Why would you just ride in the limousine? <laughs> and also, what if he hit a pebble and went yeah. flying? Well, and two, what do you tell the limo driver? Like, look, we're going to intimidate this kid. So I need you to drive through New York City. So he rode. Well, and that's the thing. So he rode in the limousine. And then right before he got to say, he's driver, driver, pull over. That's probably what it was. He got out. This is going to be good. This will get him. It's going to strike the fear of God into his heart. Uh, Yeah, I feel like this film jumped the shark real quick. Uh, in fact, the first thing that was a little bit... That made me go, oh man, we're in for a ride, is in that very first courtroom scene where where Dade, um, Zero Cool, is getting sentenced and he's like an eight-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And they're like, your sentence is so, like $43,000 and then this. This was it. You cannot touch a computer or own a computer until you are 18 years of age. And I'm thinking, 
if he just has a computer that's not connected to the internet, he can't hack anything. Why take away an entire, like, why not allow this kid to even have a computer at all? Yeah. It, so that right there was like, that's not how hacking works. We're in for a ride. <laughs> that's, that's essentially, at that point, I was like, all right. And it just progressively got more egregious that the people didn't know what the hell they were talking about. It was so wild. So, and here, let me give you the backstory on the writer. This is, so he basically became fascinated with hacking and like the counterculture of hacking in the 1980s. So there were some big cases in uh, like 1989 and 1990 where people were being convicted and sentenced for committing like hacking crimes. Okay, so the writer, what's his name again here? Raphael, uh, Raphael Moreau. Uh, he met uh, Filber Optic, a.k.a. Mark Abin, a 22-year-old hacker who spent most of 94 in prison on hacking charges. Uh, he also hung out with other young hackers being harassed by government and began to figure out how it would translate into a film. He remembered, uh, quote, One guy was talking about how he'd done some really interesting stuff with a laptop and payphones, and that cracked it for me because it made it cinematic, end quote. Hmm. Um, So he actually did talk like so some of this actually did come from hackers. And I think there probably is some maybe and maybe it's literally just that one thing about as far as like mechanically, maybe it's just that one thing they did with the payphones because that's obviously in the movie. Yeah where they hacked the payphones. So maybe he just more so talked to them and then he knew that one thing and then the rest was just him kind of guessing. Yeah. So you don't think uh, that just like in the end or near the end of the movie with Serial being able to hack into like the entire TV stations. Yeah. And and take over all the TV stations take in over, the world. Yeah. So you don't think that he saw or heard anything like that. Probably not, but and that one, honestly, I'll forgive that one because that's a trope that's used, been used in multiple things that aren't like they do that on on like superhero movies and stuff, or or yeah. even think like Armageddon, the president comes on and takes over all the TV stations. Yeah, but I can believe that the United States of America might be able to do that. You don't be, you don't believe a seventeen year old Matthew Lillard with dreadlocks and a dead Kennedy's tank top can do that? You forgot the two inch thick laptop that they were that they were using on the subway station. <laughs> That's the wildest thing. This whole the entire time that this is happening, I'm like, it's the mid nineties. This movie, if it came out in ninety five, then this was made in like ninety two, ninety three. Yeah. All right. The internet is not something where you can take a laptop to the subway of New York City, turn it on and get Wi Fi. And just hack into everything. And just hack into everything. So maybe, so do you think this movie was maybe almost looking towards the future? Like, make, so here's the thought. Maybe, because he was hanging out with some of these hackers as he wrote this story. Mm-hmm. Perhaps there were guys who were kind of, you know, these are probably guys who were on the cutting edge of technology. And they're like, you know, that's not really this movie you're making. Maybe that's not really where it's at. But this is where we could see it's going. Maybe. I mean, I think that's possible. Because honestly, guess, yeah, if you probably. look at what he's doing... They are th- like for the time it was made. I, it's obvious and very clear that what's going on is just wildly inaccurate. Yes. But if you look at some of those things versus 
the absolute power and kind of sheer terrifying abilities of technology and AI and electronics and Wi-Fi and stuff like that, they are things that seem probably a little bit more based in reality. They're still they're still silly and absurd, especially when you consider the time period. But I'm just I'm just curious. I don't see that when I was like researching this and looking into it. I just really found that one uh, paragraph saying that he had hung out with these hackers. So, I mean, it's just speculation, but I'm wondering I'm wondering if maybe they were like, these are things one day we'll be able to do this kind of stuff. That could be the case. Maybe I I, I could maybe see that because really a lot of this. You're right. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that they were doing, a lot of it, not all of it. Is stuff that probably could be done now, given the technology that we have currently. Yeah. 30 years later after this. So maybe they were looking into the future as far as, well, you know, in 20, 30 years, maybe we could do this. So it's it's a stretch of the imagination, but maybe not. Pure fiction. <laughs> for sure. But I mean, yeah, definitely for the time period when it's happening, it was it's definitely like nuts. You know what's hilarious also? Like they constantly go to different like at one point they climb the Empire State, a bunch of teenagers. Mm-hmm. Once again, these kids are in high school. They are <laughs> seniors in high school. They climb the Empire State Building, get up on top of it somehow. Mm-hmm. Not in the place where you can go and visit. They get on top of the Empire State Building where the satellites are and shit. Yeah. And they, they're they hacking into stuff. From there, yeah. Yeah, that's at the point where they're messing with the the secret, the federal agent. Yeah. They're just playing pranks on the federal <laughs> agent. As a game. Yeah. You're saying that he has like 20 DUIs. Uh, yeah. So there are a number of things, like a number of things that really jumped out to me. And I want to I wanna talk about Two of them in particular. Okay. All right. One, it's a throwaway line in this movie, but the character Serial, played by Shaggy, a.k.a. Matthew Matt- Lillard, mm-hmm. uh, he said something along the lines of, oh, it was really cool. Righteous even. Yeah. <laughs> I made a list of some of the absurd quotes. This is, is that a, one of them? Do, is that did you get that one on there? Yeah, I have it verbatim for you. If you oh like. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hit, first, hit, hit me with it. Here's the first big one that okay. they use a lot. Mess with the best, die like the rest. That's There's all right. these like tag, like like uh, snarky, taggy one liners throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also this one. We are samurai, keyboard cowboys. <laughs> That one, that one, that one was said by uh, by the plague when he was trying to turn to the dark side. Here's the one I think you're talking about. They also call everything elite. They're they're all about being elite mm-hmm. hackers. So Matthew Lillard, so I hate his name. Matthew Lillard says, "If you want to be elite, you got to do a righteous hack." <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that he did say that. I don't know if that's the one that I am am thinking of because I'm pretty sure that he uses the phrase like, "Oh, that's that's really cool, righteous even." And anytime that somebody ends a sentence with the word "even," my brain <laughs> immediately goes to Snagglepuss, the pink cat from the Hanna Barbera cartoons. Oh yeah, I know Snagglepuss. Yeah. yeah. And so as soon as he said that, I'm like, this guy's just Snagglepuss through the whole movie for me. <laughs> and so I'm just like, righteous even. He well, he basically is Snagglepuss. Yeah, but that made me want to see this whole movie 
as Hanna-Barbera cartoons. I would watch the fuck out of this if it was Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. It basically is a cartoon. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would love it so much. And then that brought me to number two, Thor. By the end of this podcast, we need to have hacker code names for each other. We have to do <laughs> yes. it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know how we get there, but it's got to happen. Okay. All right. So anyway, those are the main things that I wanted to discuss. Those those are the biggest ones. Also, this Oh, would you like I made a list of the names too. Of the names? Oh, yeah, the, 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 their hacker the code hacker names. Code and names? I've went over a few of them. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I did I, I've already said all these, but I'll just give you a quick list in case you forgot. We got Zero Cool, Acid Burn, Crash Override, Serial Killer, Plague, Freak. Freak with a PH, right? With a PH. Yeah. Dude, can we talk about that guy? Freak? Yeah, Freak. Um gosh, hold on, what's the actor's name? Rinaldi Santiago. Dude, I actually really like him in this movie. I did too, actually. And, and one thing I have to give credit to, and cre- I don't know if credit's the right word, but that I found really interesting is they decided for one of the main actors, it, keep in mind, this is the mid-90s. One of the mid one of the main actors is an obviously gay Hispanic guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And like they don't necessarily they don't specifically mention that he's gay. Once again, it's the mid 90s. I feel like that probably would be like, holy cow. But but it, I, I don't know. I think I I found it very interesting that it's like it, it was a it certainly had to have been a, a specific choice. And once again, even though they didn't come out and say, oh, this is a gay character. I think it's kind of cool that. This movie from 95 has one of the main characters who plays such an important role is a gay Hispanic guy. I think that a lot of movies in the 90s did that type of stuff where like the character was some type of minority that was being represented, but they didn't go out of the way to say that it was the minority being represented. Yeah. I think a lot of times they just put them in there. And he's very obviously Puerto Rican. Like they go to his house and he has the big Puerto Rican flag on it, which is you know, in New York City, there is a huge Puerto Rican population. Sure. So, I, I mean, I don't know how how important that was to them as far as putting him in there and stuff like that. But I just thought I just thought it was interesting and it kind of it was a little bit unexpected for me. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, my favorite scene with him was is when he gets raided, like his house gets raided. (laughs) Dude, when his house gets raided and they just kick the door down and like 20 dudes with M16s run into the building. They're all surrounded in the kid, freak. And then one of them goes, you're under arrest for blah, 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 blah. And then the mom looks at him, just starts screaming at him in Spanish and just starts slapping the hell out of him. (laughs) And then he's like, can you just arrest me now, please? He's like, can you please just arrest me? Because he like wanted to get out of that situation. Yeah, that's another great. This this is a movie where I think there are a lot of really great scenes. Yeah, and as much as I made fun of that scene about the skateboard getting pulled on, like it is absurd and it's silly, but I actually really did like. I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I think part of the reason why it's so funny is that it wasn't meant to be funny. There, I think that there's a lot that's not meant to be funny in this movie. Because <laughs> yeah, so, the movie starts but, on a very serious note. But then note. there is stuff that is meant to be funny, like uh, both the scenes we talked about, the pan over and it's just a kid's head and you yeah. just see his hair at the top. The Him getting arrested and he he's like, please arrest me to get, me, get, get away, away from, from his mom. mom. <laughs> meant to be funny and actually really hit the mark in funny. I, I would agree. The, uh, the villain 
he really looked familiar to me. Fisher Stevens. Yeah. So when I looked him up, though, I didn't see anything that he that I recognized him from. So but he I don't know. He just. Maybe he's just got that classic 90s villain look. You know, I just looked at his his top. Let me let me see. Oh, he's in Asteroid City as Detective One. We watched that recently. Maybe that's what I'm thinking I of. Mean, Detective One doesn't even have a name, so I'm assuming a pretty small part. Yeah. Uh, he's in Secession as Hugo Baquette. I've never seen Secession, but I've heard that it's like incredible, so I'll probably never see it because everybody says how good it is. <laughs> um <laughs> He was in Hail Caesar. That might be where I know him from. He was a that's a Coen brother film. Yeah, he's definitely definitely a character actor. So, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he pops up in a lot of things for like one or two episodes. Yeah. Or as smaller characters in films. That's what his whole thing looks. It's like I'm in a movie here. I'm in a show there. He he played the character Iggy Koopa in the Super Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it said he's known for. <laughs> if you're known for a character in the original Super Mario's brother movie. Oh, boy. Uh, you're not. Uh, you know, you're just not a household name is what I'm getting at. <laughs> not, not to say, I, I love character actors. I think uh, I think that's probably if you are an actor, that's the spot you really want to be at. So I really appreciate great character actors. I'm not trying to throw shade, but no, yeah. <laughs> definitely not a household name if that's the. Uh, yeah, something you know. about him, though. He he very much he gave 90s villain vibes. Maybe that's just what it is for me. I don't know. Yeah, he really did. I liked him. I like uh, the guy, Wendell Pierce, who played Agent Dick Gill. Yes. Yeah, I actually. So I sadly know him from the show Suits. OK, that's that's where I caught caught him from when suits was much later um yeah he's another character actor i don't know specifically what i know him from he was in the money pit and he was also in the wire yeah never seen either of those he's in horrible bosses i know i've seen that yeah um yeah i mean i know him from suits that's where because he plays the the kid who plays joey the first kid that gets arrested Mm -hmm. jesse bradford do you know what you know him from i do not know what i know him from let me let me look. Go ahead, click on his picture, and once you yeah, see a face, you'll be like, "What? What do I?" Do you remember the classics "Swim Fan" and "Bring It On"? I remember "Bring It On." Yeah, he was like the love interest, oh, Kirsten Dunst's love interest in "Bring It On." Okay, I was more of an Eliza Dushku guy myself, but okay, yeah, dude, sames. Yeah. But uh, that did you ever see "Swim Fan"? No, I did not. That, oh, it's it's basically like a uh, stalker movie. It's like a horror thriller mm-hmm. where he's a swimmer and this girl becomes obsessed with him and starts like, you know, starts stalking him and eventually gets scary and tries to kill him. Sure. When he's like, I don't like he has sex with her and then she becomes obsessed and then uh, she starts scaring him and eventually tries to kill him because he's like, I'm not into you. I'm just, you know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Angelina Jolie's in this too. Oh yeah. We haven't even mentioned that. (laughs) Do we haven't even touched on Angelina (laughs) Jolie? And can I tell you, it's not like, uh, a super big part of the movie, but even in the early nineties, Angelina Jolie, just some perfect boobs. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I was surprised. And you don't even get a great look at them, but still nice. Yeah, I was surprised that that they were present in this, in this film. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it is. They're playing high school kids, so it's a little... So, 
you feel like it should be weird, but they're also all obviously in their mid to late twenties. Yeah. Like they didn't even try to cast people that looked like they were in high school. Oh no. Except for maybe Jesse Bradford's character, Joey. He actually looked like high school age. Yeah. You know what? I think, I think uh, the kid who played freak Rinoli uh, Santiago, I think he looked young. Yeah. He was believable. But but Johnny Lee Miller, Angelina Jolie, Matthew Lillard. Not at all. All closer to 30 than high school age. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised that Hackers is not on Angelina Jolie's known for section in her IMDb page. Yeah. Yeah. Let's imagine that. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. I mean, I think it's it's Angelina Jolie. I mean, I think of the performances, hers is probably the best. But I don't think any performance in this is anything to write. I mean, it's not really about the performances. This no, movie. this is this is. I I wonder how this was received when it came out. Like, was this a well received movie when it came out, and did people take this movie seriously? Because really. In the mid-90s, it's reasonable to believe that people have no idea how a lot of this stuff works anyway. Because we're looking at it, you know, 30 years later with knowledge and uh, hindsight. But um, No, even people in the 90s... Uh, did they recognize yeah, that they it was Yeah, they recognized ludicrous? that it was absurd and ludicrous. Okay. Uh, so so uh, it, it definitely had mixed reviews. It definitely had more bad than good, but there there were a number of uh, let's let's talk about reviews actually. Okay. So there were a number of like reviews from critics, and a lot of them kind of were one or two. Either they hated it and they're like the acting's bad, the story doesn't make sense, and it's fully unrealistic what's going on. Or there was other people who were like, yeah, it's not great, but it's fun. So. Here are a couple, like, critic reviews from that time. Hackers isn't a very good movie, but it's a darn sight more fun than The Net. Which, (laughs) The Net was another movie... uh, Around the same time. Around computers. That was with Sandra Bullock, right? I guess, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that that was with Sandra Bullock. So that was a positive review for this. (laughs) It's not good, but it's better than The Net. um, Here's another positive review. The story is negligible, but it offers the same order of fun as a good rock video. The marriage of images and music. A good rock, vi- like a like a music video? Yeah, it's okay. the 90s. Music videos were big. Okay. And honestly, this move, whole movie does kind of feel like a music video. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a movie that, here's a bad one. This is a movie that sums up the worst of the computer era. Zapping you with techno cliches and trapping you in a constant, constant visual crash and burn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, con- yeah. <laughs> was that a pun? Did they mean to do the crash and burn pun there? Because that was kind of a huge thing with Angelina Jolie's character and what's his nuts. Possibly. Uh, um, here's another one. What's most grating about Hackers, however, is the guileless way the movie buys into the computer kid as elite rebel mystique currently being peddled by magazines like wired so well and that's actually i'm gonna actually say that guy's way off base because that was somebody who in the 90s was like man these this computer thing's just a fad sure because because here's the thing is yes this movie is in retrospect i think a very bad movie but from what i've like looked through and seen like there was a lot of people who were teenagers in that 
the time when this came out who loved this movie. Yeah. And how many of them did it like inspire to go on and, you, you know, do work in the computer industry, which has now become, you know, the biggest and most successful growing uh, industry in the world. Right? Yeah. This this movie is. Uh, this is something that I can see me having as a kid on VHS and not having a lot of movies. So watching this a lot because I don't have a lot of movies. I don't know if you were that way with the movie with movies, but I remember staying with my cousin for months at a time during the summer when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And Cody, if you're listening, you're awesome. Uh, and we had five, six movies that we would just watch on repeat. Yeah, because those were the only movies you could watch. Yeah. yeah. And this film feels like that era of film. It feels okay. it feels like it would fit right in with all those other ones. And to be clear, those movies were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Us, Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. Only uh, sequels? You just had nothing but sequels? I don't know, Thor. This is just what we had. <laughs> okay. RoboCop 2. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and we, we also had the movie Volcano. Okay. I don't know why that was a big one for us, but it was. And I think that... Oh, The Great Mouse Detective. That Those were basically the movies okay. that we watched sure. when we were over at his place. Rescuers Down Under was another one. Okay, right on. Which, yeah. again, is a sequel. So, yeah. But people our age, I think we are in the sequel era. Like, we're of the age where, as we're in our formative years, the sequels are what are coming out. A lot of times, yeah. I mean, my biggest movie when I was a kid, Terminator 2. Yeah. Well, that's, again... I genuinely, I actually don't know if I've ever even seen the original Terminator. It's okay. It's not bad. I I don't think I have. It's not bad. It's not as good as Terminator 2. But I will admit that basically all those other sequels that I was listing, not as good as the originals. Okay, that's fair. Except for Jurassic Park 2. I'll die on that hill, I Honestly, I, I don't... I would have to get Kendra in here to give her opinion. Oh, she probably... Because she loves Jurassic... That's like... So does Ashley. That's one of her, like movies right yeah, Ashley um, loves it too so I like the Jurassic Park movies I've never been a huge dinosaurs just even as a kid I never yeah it just never really did much for me so yeah like, Jurassic Park fine. 2 was the one with Jeff Goldblum as the main character okay well so, then that makes sense why that would be better than the first one <laughs> I'm not gonna go back and watch them but I'm just gonna take your word if Jeff Goldblum is the main main character then I just accept it's better yeah um so, I was looking at critic reviews. I also pulled up audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. So, here's a very funny thing. I don't know if it's... Okay, I don't know if it's bots. Bots that just don't understand where they're posting. Mm-hmm. Or if it's like a goof by people. But if you go into the audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for Hackers, I think it has a very inflated score. Uh, Hackers on Rotten Tomatoes has an audience score of pretty high. I think I think it's like seventy around seventy percent. Oh wow! Okay, so there are a bunch of five star reviews, and they say things like this. I'll read you the first one. Speak with an authorized Bitcoin hacker. I want to tell everyone how much I appreciate basic recovery consultants since they literally saved my family and me when I lost all of my Bitcoins as a result of a bad uh, investment decision. The one under that. 
In any relationship, trust and transparent are, transparency are vital ingredients for a healthy and thriving connection. <laughs> What? Cybernet surveillance provides a solution that allows you to gain insight into your husband's phone activities. Uh, the wonder to that. How I recovered lost Bitcoins through Gearhead Engineers Org. Recovering lost Bitcoin can have a profound impact on your financial situation. And then you get uh, regular reviews. It was okay, but pretty dated. Watch it if there's nothing else on. <laughs> so And so then there will be a couple... Normal person reviews that are like three, three and a half stars. Yeah. And then, hey, here's a, a couple more five star reviews. Still full of appreciation for their immense, assist, for immense assistance to help recover my lost Bitcoin, even when I had completely thought it was impossible. I think Daniel Melly obviously deserves an award for their professional services to humanity after my personal experience. Uh, Daniel Muley, I guess, is somebody who can retrieve lost and stolen bitcoin from I mean, hackers there's a very clear thing Dude, here they're, they're filled that's with so weird like essentially reviews that you would see on like a page for somebody who advertises themselves as a hacker who will help you retrieve your bitcoin so that's what i'm saying i don't know if this whole thing like literally it's filled with them i don't know if it's a goof yeah. Or or I, if it's just bots that which I think that's most likely it's like AI and bots that are probably like, oh, hackers, I you know what I mean? These these companies or whatever use these bots to go and you think it just keywords for them. Yeah. And it keywords hackers. And it's like, oh, this is for people looking for hackers or something like that. Or elephant in the room could just be hackers. Th yeah, that's what I'm saying is that that could be the goof is like an actual hacker just. Is like putting a it hack in to the thing. I don't know what it is. I even Googled it and did not find anything about it. I was like, why are there all these hacker advertisements in the hackers uh, on Rotten Tomatoes? It got no results. Yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm, I'm reading one. Hello, everyone. This is from May 16th of last year. I'm Francis Garnier from Brampton, Canada. I felt sick to my stomach when I lost all my investment to a company I thought was genuine. I'd put all my investments into cryptocurrency and was hoping to make huge profits from my investment, but the investment platform was fake and their site was a phishing site that logged me out of my account. Um, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like uh, FTC, <laughs> yeah, the, the Sam Bankman-Fried scandal. Maybe that's maybe that's what he's. Do you know Sam Bankman-Fried loved hackers when oh, he was a kid? Oh, he absolutely <laughs> did. Absolutely <laughs> did. Oh, yeah, this uh, this was. This was an enjoyable movie for me. Yeah. I don't think that it was accurate. And uh, you know what? I got to complain about one thing and then I have nothing else to say about this okay. movie. The way that the internet is portrayed by low res pixel GIF animations drives me insane. Absolutely. In this dude, film. You know what? So, dude, there's so many things. These The <laughs> server rooms where there's like these Tesla coil style electric... Uh, bolts going across them when yeah. stuff's happening also they keep having these overlays of like mathematical equations, equations. <laughs> but here's the thing they're doing like mathematical equations with like greek letters and stuff yeah where i'm like that's not how computers work they're just <laughs> it's just ones and zeros yeah like the inner workings of a computer well there was is some, not greek letters there it's were just some, ones and zeros <laughs> there were some that were just like 
amoebas. Some of the overlays. I'm yeah. looking at it and I'm like, that's not a number at all. <laughs> no, it's yeah, so they're insane. Just like microscopic life forms that are being overlaid. They're well, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it fries my brain to uh, to to think about this, but it drove me nuts when they all get on and they do like the hackers unite at the end of end of the scene and they're all logging in and they yeah, all have their own like gif animation for their name popping up on the computer screen uh-huh. drove me insane <laughs> nuts <sighs> crazy yeah, yeah the end is when everything is resolved that's the formation of anonymous yeah i'm pretty sure like i said i'm pretty sure this is just a biopic i um <laughs> yeah so yeah. <laughs> What are we looking at time-wise? Oh, we're about at that time to start throwing ratings out there. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. So, on, so first of all, thanks, Michelle, for this recommendation. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, we we're going to call you. We're kind of running short on time, so I'm so we're not going to. But I'm just going to read what she said because I was basically I asked her, I was like, hey, why did you recommend this? Sure. And she was like, well, you know, honestly, I haven't watched it in a bit. But I recommended it because it's a classic. And you hate 90 movies. I'm interested to hear your uh, thoughts on it. And then she also says, and also you get to see Angelina Jolie's boobs before the small and well done boob job. (laughs) So a couple things with that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate that you're looking out for us over here because you know what? I don't know how you knew that we wanted to see Angelina Jolie's boobs. Her nice little boobs were perfect nipples. I don't know how you knew that, but I appreciate you looking out for us because <laughs> it's one of those things. It was a gift I didn't know I was missing. So I did appreciate it. That was nice. Yeah, sure. But I do have a problem. You recommended it because it's a classic? <laughs> this is not a classic movie by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I, I mean, cult classic, maybe. Yeah, I'm so... uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. Do I think it's along the same level of Last of the Mohicans or The Godfather? I I do not, admittedly. Um, Do I think it's as good as... I don't know. Black Knight with Martin Lawrence? Also, no. (laughs) Yeah, no. no. So, and here's the thing. is like, I tried to give this movie leeway for... The time period that was made, 95. But we did this before, Micah, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do it again. So I'm going to I'm gonna hit you with some of the other movies that came out in the same year. Oh, okay. 1995. Yeah, probably a good year for cinema, if I had to guess. Seven. Wow. Heat. Okay. The Usual Suspects. Oh, my gosh. Braveheart. Apollo 13. What? Clueless. Toy Story. Showgirls. Casino. I mean, you list, I don't know why you listed Showgirls, but... Jumanji. I'm just naming ones that I recognize. Oh, okay, okay, 12 okay. Monkeys. Wow. Batman Forever. Yeah. I know. That's... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Nipple suit. Powder. Wow, Powder came out that year. Uh, Desperado. Friday. Goldeneye. <sighs> Leaving Las Vegas. That's a lot of really uh, heavy Water hitters. Waterworld. Eh. Species. Eh. Bad Boys. Okay. Billy Madison. Wow. Die Hard with a Vengeance. That one's pretty good. Pocahontas. Okay. And, and Okay, so you're talking about a teen movie. Yeah. Something that was made with a much smaller budget, mm-hmm. made way less money, was way less known for many years, but made the same year, Mallrats. 
Ooh, well, Mallrats and, and, absolutely and, and, and becomes a cult classic. And that's something, obviously, it's wildly different. Yes. But I mean, I believe, like, yeah, okay, you can give something some leeway. Oh, also, a couple notable mentions, Mortal Kombat, okay. uh, Get Shorty, Tommy Boy, Casper. <laughs> Dude, Casper was a Crimson awesome Tide. film. Casper, uh, no, if you were laughing at Casper, you're full of shit, Thor. That's a good, good movie. And of course, the greatest film of all time, uh huh, Tank Girl. Of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so in this ninety, I think that this is the list that we've discussed in the like. This is the exact list that we talked about last time because I'm pretty sure Tank Girl was the one that was the reason that we brought this up. Oh, I think maybe Tank Girl came out in ninety four. Then well, I don't. I mean, are you reading it from the list? Well, I looked up like a uh, gross, like movie grosses, yeah. and stuff like that, and was just going down through those. Well, so I mean, maybe if it released and maybe if it made money in ninety four or ninety five. But what I'm saying is, I think that that list that you just read and the list we read way back when Tank Girl came out is the same list. Okay. And we're like, how did we expect Tank Girl to even survive when it had so many good movies coming out that year? Because 95, that's a stacked year, all those movies that you're listing. Okay. Per- yeah, perhaps. I I think you, I think you are right. I don't know. Maybe I was. Yeah. But I, I don't recall specifically talking about those movies, though. But uh, I just, I remember... Th- I remember, I feel like I remember those movies. I it was know. definitely Tank Girl we talked about it, mm-hmm. so I I don't know, but in any case, yeah. So maybe this movie has the same thing going as Tank Girl, yeah. where it's, when you compare it to some of the other stuff that was getting made in that year, it's like, yeah, you can give it some leeway because it's a smaller budget movie, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more of a fringe concept. Yeah. But, I mean, how much leeway can you give it when... <laughs> Fucking <laughs> when usual suspects comes out the same year. Yeah, and seven. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Maybe they were hoping the tagline would work because I'm looking at the poster right now, and it's got two taglines. Two taglines on the movie poster for hackers, folks. The first tagline is their crime is curiosity. <laughs> Dude, that line. I hated that line so much. <laughs> the the hacker is like, yeah, I am a criminal. But my only crime is curiosity. Yeah. And here's here's the other tagline. Are you okay. ready? Boot up or shut up. Oh, no. <laughs> God, it's so 90s. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, all right. We got to we got to finish this episode. Uh, you need to give me a number between one and twenty five. This is going to be your hacker name. <laughs> Seven. Hmm. Okay. So from now on, I am never going to refer to you as Thor. I will henceforth name you Firewall Phoenix. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, do I need to give you a number between one? Yeah. And yeah. Give me. Give me a number between twenty-five. Twenty-five. All right. My name is Alpha Zero Nexus. I better write this down. Yep. So I'm. Your firewall phoenix. Firewall phoenix and your alpha zero nexus. Alpha zero nexus. Those are some Banff names, folks. That's right. Boot up or shut up. Get Boot up or here. shut up. You know, it's firewall phoenix and alpha zero nexus. Nexus here. Coming at you. Oh, God. How do we rate this thing? You know what? Here you go, Micah. On a scale of one to eight rollerblade wheels uh i'm gonna give this five rollerblade wheels really what (laughs) yeah 
Explain you- <laughs> yourself, Alpha Zero Nexus. <laughs> so, uh, so this was entertaining to me, and I couldn't help as I was watching this, just smiling and being like, that's not how this works. That's just not how it works. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) But it was like, I kept giggling at the movie. I couldn't help but chuckle at the absurdity of it. Is it objectively a good movie? I would have a hard time making that argument. Mm -hmm. Did I have fun watching it? Oh, you betcha. (laughs) (laughs) It was was a really enjoyable experience for me. Um, but I don't think I want to do it again anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, so that's that's where Alpha Zero Nexus stands. All right. So Alpha Zero Nexus, five out of eight rollerblade wheels. Yep. How about you, Firewall Phoenix? Let's see. The Phoenix is going to go. The Phoenix. <laughs> I love it. Um, I actually kind of do love that because... I my favorite X Men character is the Phoenix. When Jean Grey becomes the Phoenix, oh, that's a I, great arc. I fucking love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna go like three out of eight. Ooh, okay, yeah. All right. I just it's not it's so bad. And th- like I said, I think there are a few shining moments in it. Like I think there are some points where it hits comedy like intentionally really well. I think it is very funny looking at it from the perspective that it's not meant to be funny. Yeah, but as far as like. Did I enjoy what, like, I was confused through most of the movie as far as what exactly was going on. Yeah, 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 100%. It it just wasn't clear. There's not really any performance where I'm like, oh, that was a really, even amongst this silliness that's going on, Mm -hmm. there's something stand out where I'm like, oh, that's a really great performance by this character. It gets one point, one out of eight just for the boobs. Sure. Um, It gets another one out of eight for... Johnny Lee Miller's bleach blonde hair. Great haircut. That's a great the, style. Just for the nostalgia. Yeah. And then uh, the third point comes from just the, the comedy of it. Mm-hmm. It was funny to me. It was humorous. It was... Skitching on the back of a limo funny. Yeah. But aside from that, there's not really anything like... <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I genuinely... I enjoyed Super Fights so much more than this. Oh, I don't think that I did. <laughs> no, not for me. And Super Fights is worse. Is it? Let me be clear. A much worse movie than this. But that's. I think that's why I liked it better because it's like it. It veers into so bad it's good. Yeah. Whereas okay. this is just so middle of the road. Sure. And the stuff that it got wrong is very funny. Mm-hmm. And like. So it is bad, but it's not bad enough to be like, oh, this is terrible and I like it because it's so bad. And it's not good in any way. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah, I just yeah. like three out of eight. OK. Uh, All right. Well, uh, folks, there you have it. Three out of eight and five out of eight from your resident hackers here. Um, how about you guys? You guys in with the hacking crowd? Do you have some code <laughs> names that we should be privy to? Uh, I'll find you on the web, folks, and we'll have a hack battle where I can control a robot arm and you can control a robot arm and we'll try to take VHS tapes away from each other's robot arms together. And that's a (laughs) reference from the film. (laughs) (laughs) So 
Uh, I am looking for these people in New York City specifically. I want to know what you think about this film. It's your home turf. Tell me how this happened. I mean, were you alive when this biopic was filmed? Yeah, when the Hacker Collective first formed in New York City. Yeah, and all the lights of, turned green. This group of high school students. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those of you in New York City, I want to know from, from, uh, from you. I want to hear from you. And Thor, uh, sorry, uh, Firewall Phoenix. Yeah, Alpha Zero Nexus. You've got, you've got a recommendation for I do. me. So, Alpha. He, um, Phoenix. <laughs> you know what? We're going to stick in the 90s. And not only the 90s, I got a music recommendation for you from 1995. Same year. Okay. All right. Do you love the song? All I can say is that my life is pretty plain. Okay. Yeah. You I enjoy that I song. So that is by a song, a band called Blind Melon. Now that song is off their first album. Okay. And it's kind of a more traditional 90s rock, uh, grungy 90s rock album. Okay. Their follow-up album came out in 1995. It's an album called Soup. Okay. <laughs> and right. it is... Much more, I don't know if experimental is the word, but they were certainly experimenting with different sounds. Okay. It's a lot darker. If if you've only ever heard the Blind Melon song, No Rain, then you have no idea what kind of music they are capable of making. Okay. That's a very catchy song, and it had yeah. a really catchy, like, popular music video, this little girl dancing around in a bee costume. Okay. But their follow-up album, Soup. One of my favorite albums of all time. Okay. All right. So that's what we're going to be getting into. The 1995 second album from Blind Melon, simply entitled Soup. Wasn't Cake, wasn't the Cake album from the 90s that you recommended? Yeah. Desert Phoenix, Desert Eagle, Desert... Firewall Phoenix. No, but what was the name of the album? Oh, Comfort Eagle. Comfort Eagle, that's what it is. Yeah, I think it was 98. Yeah, okay. And then, so I really like that one. What about the Sublime album that you recommended? That was 94 or okay. 93. It was recorded in 93, came out in 94. All right. So I've got a 50% chance here. All right. I, it's just, it makes me nervous. Once you start spewing out 90s alt-rock band things. <laughs> and just, if you take into just, account Tank Girl too. I yeah, mean, they just yeah. have like random ass names for bands and albums. <sighs> okay. Well, I'm. I'll I'll listen to it. I am cautious. I don't know. I don't know what to think. It I guess. is it is grungy '90s alt rock. Okay, but but it also has. I think it's a lot deeper, and it it's a lot. I wouldn't just give you some '90s alt rock. Okay, it definitely right. has some uh, some really unique elements to it. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Next week we are going to get into. Blind Melon's second album, Soup. Listen along with it, or listen to it, and then come back next week and hear us talk about it. So, until next time, folks. As always, if you mess with the best, then you die like the rest. Yeah, that's right. This is Alpha Zero Nexus and Firewall Phoenix signing off. Yeah, get wrecked, crew. Stay elite. Stay elite. So righteous. <laughs> Righteous even. <laughs>